I don't remember what exactly I wrote, but basically I said like, effort is sexy, effort is attractive. Hi, you're listening to Looks Like Work. I'm your host, Ched McLean, and yeah, it's the least pronounceable name you've ever heard, but you'll get used to it. I'm a serial entrepreneur who's obsessed with curiosity, creativity, and grit, and that's just to get started. I really can't get enough of learning more about people's career choices. What fulfills them? How do they deal with burnout, with heartbreak? How do they protect their boundaries? And is it all even working? Those are questions that keep me up at night and I hope to explore here. On this podcast, we'll have deep conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, people juggling a few jobs, sometimes even a few industries, sharing what looks like work for them. With that, on to the episode. I really hope you'll enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Wow, this feels a little weird. I haven't been here in a while. I don't know if you noticed. So actually, this is not my first episode recording since I got back to recording. I already recorded a few that are going to go live next with some amazing guests that I'm really excited for you to hear from. But I felt like, I don't know, I felt like it was time to just talk to you one-on-one again. And also, especially after this much of a break, it just felt right. And the reason I've been on a break, there are actually a few reasons. So first of all, Shana Tova to anyone who celebrates the Jewish holidays. We celebrate the high holidays. We celebrated the, the Jewish New Year, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And that was, let me tell you, that was one hectic month. And my team members will tell you that I've been kind of prepping them for this for months and months saying, listen, in the end of September to pretty much almost all of October, I'm not going to be in almost. We have lots of holidays and they're long (laughs) and they require commitment. But still, uh, when it actually happened, I think they were still a little bit surprised by how true that statement was. So the high holidays is one of my favorite times of the year. I wrote it a, bit, a little bit about it on Instagram. It really makes me reflect. And I love to reflect. I really would take any opportunity. Jewish New Year, Gregorian calendar New Year, birthdays, anniversaries, work anniversaries. I think that in today's high-paced life and as like, you know, a high-paced person, I really appreciate the opportunity to turn a new leaf, to examine what I've done, how I've done it, who I was, who I've been inside those things inside that time. And one thing that I really appreciate about the Jewish high holidays and especially Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is that it's all about it's like within you and yourself, within you and God, within you and the universe. And it's really a great opportunity to take a look inside. And some of the things that I've always loved are in our tradition that it says like, yes, it's a day of atonement. It's a day, you know, we fast, whoever observes, right? 
but then says like, go and eat your bread in happiness because your prayer has been accepted. So it doesn't matter if you're observer or not. I love that it's not about fear and it's not a lot about punishment and stuff like that, but it's more about like, hey, there's joyfulness in atoning. There's joyfulness in reflecting and in kind of starting afresh and in coming to terms with who you are. And I remember one of my teachers, I think in elementary school said that the big thing about this day is forgiveness. And yes, like we ask for forgiveness from each other. We ask for forgiveness from God or, you know, whoever it is you pray to. But one of the things that really I loved, I remember as a kid hearing her, is that she said, like, if we're asking forgiveness from someone else, whether it's human being or, you know, all-powerful being, right? How can we ask for forgiveness if we do not forgive ourselves? So to me, a lot of a lot of this season is about coming to terms with myself. And by the way, I know like this isn't meant to be, you know, Judaism lesson. And people could argue that for a lot of people, it is about fear and it is about punishment. But this is my, this is my reading of this. And this is what I love about this season. But anyway, yes, it's it's been a season of lots of holidays, a lot, lot of self-reflection. I felt the need to also kind of go inside myself a little bit more kind of this snaily <laughs> feeling of like trying to cocoon myself and being a learning and listening and kind of comfort season rather than being extroverted and outgoing and speaking and sounding my voice, which all things that I love, but I feel like there's a time and place for each thing. And it's also been a, a hard time for me personally. And you might've heard one of my previous solo episodes speaking about suffering and how we, each of us kind of deals with that and copes with that separately. And if not, then I encourage you to listen, especially if you're thinking or self-reflecting about how you, what works for you when you were going through a suffering or just a a challenging phase. So it has been a, a challenging time personally, and it. It still is between you and me, but I was already kind of giddy and excited to like get back out and speak to people and also listen what works for them when they're going through stuff. So I'm really, really excited that we're doing this. Okay, so I want to talk to you about so many different things. But first, I want to start talking about something that I just found out a few days ago, as of the time that I'm recording this, which is that October was, when you're listening to this, October was apparently National Women's Small Business Month. And I have so many thoughts about women and small business. And I don't even know, I'll probably want to go (laughs) into all of these thoughts today. But I felt like I, I want to give this kind of a space and time and a stage because I have a lot of feelings about it. I've been a business owner since 2008 or maybe even 2007, who knows, and a small business owner for most of that time. Not only that, when I got started 
And I don't know if you know this, if you've listened to previous episodes, but I got started many times because I first got started even in the workforce. And I do not come from an environment where women were in the workforce at all, let alone owned businesses. So I started out in the workforce. I started out in the world of publishing as a translator and editor and subtitler. I then started out as a design writer, journalist and blogger, and as a marketer, first to really businesses in the lifestyle world. So interior design, home decor, fashion, jewelry, etc. Then I started... <laughs> It sounds a little bit much even to me, uh, believe me. Then I started as a tech startup founder. And then finally, at least for now, I started as a marketing agency owner, catering to tech founders and, and tech startups and consulting and speaking, etc. So there were a lot of starts. And I can tell you that since the beginning in every one of those starts, every one of those beginnings, especially in those first ones, not only was I a small business owner who happens to be a woman, my first clients were small business owners who were women. My first advocates, the first people who believed me, who saw potential in me, I was going to say, gave me a chance, but it's not like just that they've given me a chance. It's like they believed in me and it's not like they pitied me. They thought I could do great things. And thanks to their faith, I proved them right, right? Because you need someone to believe in you. And working, by the way, working with small business owners who were women was one of the things that made me even think about mentoring and how to change the workplace. Because while many of them were thriving and enjoying their lives and their businesses and their careers, many of them, some, by the way, there's an overlap. A lot of them, got started on that career path after they've been in corporate, they've been in tech, they've been in like more traditional, more structured career paths. And they felt like organizations were not ready. They were not prepared to be a good workplace for women, especially parents, especially people with uh, different abilities or special needs. And accommodate them or let alone celebrate them and help them, you know, meet their full potential and actually add to the organization. And that led me to thinking like, hey, wait a minute, how is that happening? Which led me to do a survey for women in the workplace back in 2015. And one of my hypotheses were that mentoring and championing and sponsoring women in the workplace could help which is really interesting because a lot of what's been traditionally happening is really saying to women, okay, so let's see how we can help you change yourself. So you're more like a man or so you're less like a woman and you can fit the organization or you can fit the culture. And more and more nowadays, we're saying, hey, like, wait a minute, women are great. Businesses can gain so much from women and from their unique attributes. And that's not, you know, not to say that every woman is very feminine and has those attributes, but those attributes do exist in both women and men and everyone else. And organizations stand to gain from it. And, you know, even if they wouldn't, that's the reality of the world. So 
suck it up, but they do. So nowadays, more and more, we're seeing people, organizations, innovators say like, hey, wait a minute, let's not change the women, let's change the culture. It's, you know, makes more sense. And I feel like that's what we were also trying to do in Emerge. And that definitely came a lot from seeing women business owners who did not start as business owners, but felt like if they wanted to have the, the career that they want, they wanted to be fulfilled, if they wanted to make work-life balance work for them, they needed to take their fate into their own hands and, and really create their own their own business place or workplace. So that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And it's interesting because also starting a new small business, so it's not that new anymore, but I started Rooms and Wards, my agency company in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. It wasn't my first small business, but coming from the perspective of the startup world, it was so interesting because First of all, like what's a startup? What's a small business? That's we can do episodes upon episodes about that. What are the expectations of the world from a startup versus a small business? What is are the expectations you yourself has as a founder, right? The differences between doing a service-based company, which a lot of small businesses are, versus product-based company. But I feel like when it came to growth, when it came to boundaries, when it came to understanding very clearly, crystal clear, what are my principles and what do I want to happen? What I do not want to happen? What do I hope that happens? What what would I stand for and, and what would I not stand for and not tolerate in my business? The perspective of having a startup before and operating in the startup world really made that clearer to me than ever, ever, ever before. And if you want to listen to more about that, so not necessarily about my particular experience, but about kind of picking and choosing and deciding the pace and the boundaries and the values and the principles. So first of all, hey, that's what <laughs> our entire podcast is about. But I think two really great episodes to listen for you on that would be our episode with Amelia, who happens to also be the producer of this podcast right here, and our episode with Anne Dittmeyer, which is really one of the, the recent ones. It's called There's Another Way. So I really recommend that you listen to both of those. And they also happen to be small business owners. So, hey, closing the loop. We are talking about some of our favorite small businesses by women on my social media. So keep an eye out if you're listening to this on November 1st. Some of it has probably already come out in my LinkedIn, Instagram, and maybe newsletter. I'm really trying to resurrect my poor newsletter that I really, really love the idea of and I want to I want to do more of. We asked the entire team at Rooms and Words, actually Tabor, one of my team members, asked them, who are their favorite women owners of business, of small businesses? This is like a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> so I would really love to see what do you think about that? And I would love to hear your thoughts on women owning small businesses, on your favorite small businesses owned by women and non-binary folks, on like maybe you're a small business owner 
What are your thoughts? Are you prioritizing buying from small business owners in general and from women and non-binary folks in particular or not? Is it not on your mind? Do you think it should be? I would really, really, really love to hear more of that conversation. So feel free to hit me up in the comments on every one of those social posts or just the social posts where we promote this episode right here or DM me on whatever platform I'm extremely available. I I really fluctuate between being extremely available and like responding right away and then being like super overwhelmed (laughs) and taking a while. So please feel free to DM me. If it takes me a while, it's just going to take me a while. But I'm listening. I'm hearing. I'm, I'm reading. I love getting your comments. Okay, so this episode is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter one, but I do want to talk about ambition. And I hope you're not tired of me talking about ambition already. And if you are, I'm sorry, you know, just skip this part or put it on like 2x speed or whatever, whatever floats your boat. So you might remember that I have done another episode, another solo episode on ambition back in the spring. And this has been on my mind. This is not, you know, it's not a coincidence that I keep coming back to this. And I feel like in the latest few episodes and also in the in the next few episodes, we really go into it with our, like, I really try to, why, why do I say we? <laughs> I really try to go into it with my guests on the podcast. It's really interesting because each of them comes from a completely different angle and school of thought when it comes to ambition and hustle culture, scrappiness, etc. So I've been thinking about this a lot in general in the last two years, really since kind of wrapping up my startup journey and starting Rooms and Words and kind of always like kind of checking in with myself on like, how do I want to do things? And my default is definitely ambitious, scrappy, hungry, fast-paced, go-getter. That's just the way I am wired. Why? I have a lot of thoughts about that, and so does my therapist, uh, but that doesn't matter um, for this time. But that is just my default. And I feel like there was a real culture shift in the last few years Many, in many ways, thanks to or because of the pandemic, where we went from like praising girl bosses, praising hustle culture to us maybe even being a little ashamed talking about that. You can see it all around us. Listen, the great resignation is not going anywhere, even with the economy shifting. It's just a fact. We know to expect more for ourselves. We know that there are more options than we were led to or educated or brought up to think that there are. We all know burnout all too well, or maybe not all of us, I hope, but many, many, many of us do know that. And so we're questioning that. But I also always, when questioning this, I'm also questioning the questioning, right? You know what I mean? I'm so fun in parties, you guys. It's like, it's an endless conversation. So recently I've been watching Hamilton again and also listening to the soundtrack ad nauseum. I just love everything that Lin-Manuel Miranda does talk about hustle. And you know, there's the song where he says like, I'm, I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy and hungry. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. 
And that really reminded me of like a, a Facebook post that I, I wrote like years ago when I was like really frustrated by every like other entrepreneur. You know, when you meet them, they all say like, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm crushing it. Oh, it's going so well. And there's like a real kind of attractiveness to things being effortless and things just happening. And I don't remember what exactly I wrote, but basically I said like, effort is sexy, effort is attractive. And this is something that I really refer back to a lot because I still stand by it. I'm still really peeved by people who try to sell us on effortlessness. And, you know, the whole beauty industry is basically built on that because it just feels like such a lie. It's not that I'm opposed to being effortless, but I'm opposed to the lie of it. I'm opposed to like putting a lot of effort and then putting makeup on it. You know what I mean? But then when examining, you know, why do I think effort is so important? Why do I think, why is hard working one of my values when I freaking did my value map three years ago? That is something I want to challenge because I feel like we were us millennials. And of course, it depends on like where you grew up in the world, culture, immigrant, you know, everything. A lot of us, many, many, many of us were brought up on, hey, being hardworking is a value. So did I. And I still believe that, but I want to challenge that because what a lot of us have also found out as we grow up and work and live in the world is that being hardworking is not going to take you there. It's not going to take you there, right? It's just like, it's a little bit of a lie, speaking about lies. And a few recent articles that I've read, and I'm going to pop them on the show notes, really going to that. So there was a great article on Elle uh, from all places where someone said some people feel as if they've been tricked and they have, you know, if you look at people who do like extremely well, whether it's mentally or financially, it's not necessarily the people who work the hardest right? And I'm not even talking about nepotism and privilege. Of course, of course, that all goes into it. But a lot of times it's not about the effort and the hardworking. It's about other things, which, you know, all the power to them if they're doing it in a good way and they're contributing to society and to other people, then great. But what can we learn from that? So I'm really thinking about that. I really want to, I want you to read some of those things. Another thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, I'm a huge fangirl of Anne Helen Peterson and every single thing that she writes from before the days that she was on BuzzFeed. So this was a little bit of a flex on my side. And she wrote a really great edition of her calendar, of her, sorry, of her newsletter <laughs> called Thinking Through the Calendar. And what she said in the beginning really pissed me off. <laughs> Speaking about like stuff like effortlessness pissing me off, this really pissed me off. She said like people in academia, many, many of them are just refusing to buy into the calendar thing of like, hey, you can share your Calendly link or your Mixmath link or whatever it is, and I'll just grab a time slot. They're not buying into this. They're not agreeing to participate in this game. And they're saying, hey, my time is mine. Why would I give you access to just, you know, mark your territory <laughs> on it? Like, why would I do that? And my first reaction, you can probably hear it in my voice, was like, who the F do they think they are 
why not just make it easier for us? And I'm like, <laughs> if you're saying this on social media, I'm wildly gesticulating my voice, <laughs> like doing weird things. And I'm I'm annoyed even talking about that. Like, who do you think you are? Why would you make it like harder for everyone else to find the time to talk to you if you need to work together on something? Why, 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 why not just share your calendar as a modern human being in the year of the Lord 2022? <laughs> it's annoying. And I'm all about, by the way, I'm all about systems. I'm also working now like with my team and with my coach on SOPs. And I'm like, yes, please share your calendar link. Yes, please set your calendar so we know when you're on, when you're off, especially in an asynchronous team. So I'm, I'm like really, you know, this is really my thing, just so you have the context. But then AHP goes in and she talks about what does it mean when you share your calendar? What does it mean when you give access and basically control of your time to other people? And yes, even if you set it up and even if you set your boundaries into it, and while I'm not convinced to stop doing that or to stop expecting other people to do that, I am convinced or at least intrigued to think about what this means about control of our time, of our life that we give other people, organizations, different, you know, parts of society. So super, super highly recommend. Another thing that I've read on I hope I'm pronouncing this right. It's a website called Kaur or Core Space. It started by this amazing coach. Her name is Komal. I heard about her from uh, Hitha Palpu. And one of the great articles, which is actually like a, uh, an old article because this website is not active anymore, I believe. It's an old article from 2019 by Kylie Adair, and she writes about the link between productivity and self-worth and how to break it. So this is like, listen, you, you need to read this or like just to ask yourself the question. Another little thing I want to draw your attention to <laughs> is another one of my favorite, favorite, favorite newsletters. I have many, but only a few that are kind of like really a must read for me and not like, just like, okay, I'll read it later and never get to them. This is a newsletter called A Cup of Ambition by Dr. Jessica Weilin. It's very much about parenting, but I think there is so much to get from her, even for non-parents, even for people who never plan to be parents, okay? Because a lot of it is also about how we're parenting ourselves and how we're just, we are in the world. So this one was uh, actually from the beginning of October. So may, may, you may have already read this. It's called When Your Past Inhibits Progress and the Enduring Impact That Our Families Have on Our Professional Identities. And you know, you know, if you've been listening to Looks Like Work for a while, that a professional, kind of the overlap between your professional and personal identity is really my thing. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by it, let alone cannot shut up about it. And it was just, why do we do the things that we do professionally? Not only like what we work at or what our role or title is, but how do we go about it? How do we prioritize? Like what is our guiding like North Star? How much are we 
impacted or I think like impacted is one thing, but how much are we still led by our past and our families? And this is a really fascinating and important, important, important read. And on its own, it stands on its own for in its own sake. But then she also brings a really, really, really great quote by Adam Grant. I'm going to recite it. <laughs> so Adam Grant says, too many people spend their lives being dutiful descendants instead of good ancestors. Dutiful descendants instead of good ancestors. Ancestors? I hope I'm pronouncing this right. The responsibility of each generation is not to please their predecessors. It's to improve things for their offspring. It's more important to make your children proud than your parents proud. And listen, I think even without the part of making your children proud, hey, heck, you know, make yourself proud. It's so, it ranks so true. You know, I come from a culture where honoring and respecting your elders and especially your parents is pretty much the most important thing. And also just as a person, of course, affected by this, of course, it comes from that as well. But I also think it's a personality thing. I really believe in that. I, in every fiber of my being and my soul, I, I believe in honoring your past, your ancestors, not only your parents, but also all the people that you've generations and generations that brought you here. And we all stand on the on the shoulders of giants, right? But who are you more committed to? Who are you more dedicated to? To yourself? To whoever will come after you? Where is that leading you also? Because I feel like a lot of the burnout, a lot of the ambition, a lot of... Do we even agree with our North Star anymore? Do we think if we actually like kind of isolate it from whatever is impacting it, do we feel like this is the life we want to lead? Do we agree with what it's causing us? And do we feel like we're setting a good example? Would we want this for our kids? By the way, would we want this for a good friend? If not, what's holding us back? So I highly, highly recommend you read both of these things as well. This is what I'll where I'll leave you with. My closing thought would be, and I think it rings will ring a bell to whoever listened to the previous uh, solo episode about ambition, is like, is it the age of no ambition or, or of deteriorating ambition? Or are we actually more ambitious than ever for different things, for more? Are we just not ready to settle? for this little anymore. So I'll leave you with that. And I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Hopefully by this point, the newsletter has been resurrected. So our outro will actually for once <laughs> be relevant. But even if not, check us out on social media. I'm Chedva K, C-H-E-D-V-A-K or Chedva K-L on most platforms. We started doing some TikTok videos and Instagram reels. It's been really, really fun, but it's my name, but we're actually highlighting and, and showcasing our work at the agency and our all of our team members. So it's been really fun and exciting, and I would love to hear your thoughts and just see you there. So with that, see ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to Looks Like Work. You can find resources, links, and of course the episode show notes at roomsandwords.com. That's rooms, like a room, and words, and like an and.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I really, really hope that you like my newsletter too. My newsletter is something that I send out every week and I share thoughts, links, books, and just other things that I find thought-provoking, interesting, somehow contributing to these conversations that we're having here, or sometimes just joyously distracting. Again, the newsletter is sent out every week, and you can find the link to sign up on my website at roomsandwords.com. And I really hope to see you there, and of course, to see you here next week. Have a good one.